COVID-19. This is the name of the crisis that we're currently facing. It is, we never saw that before. It feels like, I don't know about you, but it feels to me like we're in a movie. We're in one of those bad Netflix movies where the world is about to end. We're in the month of March, 2020. It's a month of my, I have to use the mic. It's the month of my birthday. And normally, so my birthday is followed by my anniversary, which is followed by my wife's birthday. So normally, we take that time to take a vacation or have to do something fun. Rather, this year, I was in line to get laptops for the children. And I call that the laptops of the apocalypse, right? Because the kids are at home and my wife is at home. And for my birthday, the kids went with my wife and they went to buy me a gift. And they bought me a gift card. My wife let the children choose what gift they were going to give me. Giving me a gift is not complicated. I'm going to give you the ABCs of giving David a gift. Amazon, Best Buy, or cash. It's not complicated. Rather, they got me a Starbucks card. I don't do Starbucks. I'm not fancy like that. And, and, and at my job, we get free coffee. We have those little Keurig thingies and we put it in there and it's free coffee, free Starbucks coffee, free Dunkin' Donut coffee. They even have one that's energy and caffeine all together, but it's all free. So what am I going to do with a gift card from Starbucks? A few days later, but you know, your, your children give it to you, so you're, you're grateful. But a few days later, guess what happened? The city of Boca Raton shut down. They're shutting down our building and we have to work from home. And not home, I don't even have a coffee maker. So now, if I want to have my daily fix of caffeine, I need that little gift card that my daughters gave me. And how did my eight-year-old daughter know that I would need the Starbucks card? I have no idea. But that just tells me, in a little way, that that crisis that we're going through, God already knew about it. The crisis doesn't take God by surprise. God is on the throne and he already knew what was going to happen. And he made provision for us to go through this crisis. So if he took us to it, he'll take us through it. But the question is, how will we be on the other side? See, the crisis that we're facing is called COVID-19, Coronavirus Disease 2019, which is the year that it was discovered. Our message today is entitled, Convert 20. How will this crisis change us? You see, the crisis reveals more of who we are. If we're a bad person, the bad comes out more. If we're good people, the, the good comes out more. And in a crisis, you see the best of men and you see the worst of men. The worst of men that we see during this crisis, for instance, people hoarding toilet paper. Why do you need to hoard toilet paper? It's not a crisis like that. You're going to find more. But when you take it, guess what? Somebody else can't take care of business anymore. Another, another, another worst of people is those scams. I, I, I received several texts about Walmart giving people $250. Walmart is not in the business of giving people money. They're in business of taking your money. 
So now they send you that text. Walmart is going to give $250. Now, if you're like me, you want the money. So you're going to click on that link and it's a bad link. And I received it from a South Florida number and I received it from a Canada, Montreal number. So it's all over the world. People pranking. And it doesn't make sense. Right? $250. If only a million people go, that's $250 million. You think Walmart got money like that? They have money, but not to give away. But the worst of the worst, see, during one of those, and I shouldn't do that, touch my face, right? But during one of those conferences that um, COVID-19 task force has, Dr. Burks, which, was, which is one of the big doctors, top of the line doctors in the administration, and she was telling us that the hope for this crisis is with our young people. That our young people are going to decide how we make it through this crisis. The, those millennials that gave us all those apps and all that innovation, they're the key for our survival. And I said in my heart, and I love you guys, but I said we're doomed. If our hope is on the young people, we're doomed. It's over. It's, it's a done deal. Right? Because the problem with this disease is that it transmits without us knowing that we're even sick and we transmit it to one another. So the, the, the government is telling us to stay apart, to be distant. But young people in March in Florida, what do they do? They go on spring break. So even if you tell them to stay home, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go on the beach and they're going to go have fun. And you see them on TV all together transmitting the disease to one another. And I have a question for my young people. And it comes from the bottom of my heart. And I love you deeply in the love of Jesus. What is wrong with you? Why do you do things like that and not listen when they tell you to stay apart? But no, we have to congregate and come together. And then the, the young guy on TV, now he's viral, he says... Oh, I'm not going to let a virus ruin my, ruin my spring break. I'm healthy. I wash my hands. I wash my hands daily. What do you mean you wash your hands daily? You mean like once a day? That's how much you wash your hands? And you think that's going to save us? But And the thing is what we don't understand is that that disease, you might be young and have no symptoms, but then you might go home and see your grandma and then you kiss your grandma and then you transmit it to her and then she's in a coma. And then she's struggling for her life. And what we find is that in the crisis, we're all connected together. So it's not only about you being healthy, it's about how you affect other people. And we see in the crisis also the best of men. We see the scientists putting their, their, their minds together to find a cure, to find solutions. We see the government for once working together to try to do something for the American people. And that in itself is a miracle. But then we also see the frontline people, the nurses, the doctors, the, um, the paramedics get together and, and risk their own health and their own life to save somebody else. And so we see the worst of men, but we see the best of men. We see neighbor coming and help neighbor. And, and, and those crises, they have a way to bring us closer together and closer to God. And so the question I have for you is how will you be on the other side of that crisis? We're going to get through it, but how will we be on the other side? And I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12 to 14. And it's a passage that we know, but is very applicable to our situation. 2 Chronicles 
chapter 7, verse 12 to 14. And it goes like this. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God's word is already blessed. In this situation, they're not in a crisis yet. Solomon just built one of the most magnificent structures that we ever seen, the temple of Jerusalem, a temple that would be worth today billions of dollars. And it's a great full of structure, full of gold, full of, of, of silver, full of, of riches. And, and, but he prayed to God and he said, God, I want your wisdom. And God said, you know what? I'm going to grant you your wish. And I'm going to, that house that you built for me, I'm going to dwell in there. And it's a high spiritual point in that country's history. It is one of the highest points. But guess what? God already foresaw that there would be problems in the future. So this crisis that we're going through, God is not taken by surprise. He already foresaw that it was going to happen. And in those moments, it's moments that God takes to tell us, stop. Because we were all busy doing our things, doing going everywhere, going on cruises, going to the movies, doing all those different things. But how many of us really took time to spend that, invest moments with God? Most of us would invest time in stuff that really won't matter in the long term. So God has a way to get our attention. But what we remember is that God is not a God that likes to, 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 to a crisis. And all. No, God is a God that loves humbleness. So what we're learning from this is to be humble. Before this crisis, America was on top, right? America, the, the economy was the best economy that you've ever seen. The stock market reaching new record highs, the unemployment record. But all of that was gone in like three weeks. What was built over 10 years, over two administrations, wiped away in three weeks. Today is the day they, they, they announced the unemployment and it went from something like 200,000 to 3 million people asking the government for help. In a second, it's all gone. But God says, if you humble yourself, if you come to me in humbleness, I will answer. And in this time, it's easy for us to be afraid. But I want to tell you, do not be afraid. Because though we don't know what was going to happen in the future, we know the one who holds the future. And he is accessible to anyone who comes in the name of Jesus in humbleness to his throne. You see, we were, we're, we were in a situation where we've never seen this before. After every crisis, normally where do people go? They come to church. After 9-11, churches are packed. But this crisis rocking us to our core, not you cannot even go to church. But I want to tell you this morning that church is not the building, the dead bricks. It's the living beings, 
the men and women of God that serve him faithfully, whether you're in a building or in your home, this is the church. And the country might run out of money, but the kingdom of God doesn't lack provision. The doors of the church might be locked, but the throne of God is still open and we can come into his presence. No matter where we are, we can come into his presence. And God wants that time with us. And I guarantee you now, all over the world, there's prayers coming up because this crisis is rocking not only this region, Florida, not only this country, America, but this whole civilization is rocked to its core. But we know that we have a God that if we come to him, he will answer. It doesn't say, if my Netflix, which are streams upon my shows, something will happen. I know we spend a lot of time watching Netflix and Hulu, Amazon, Disney Plus, whatever the case is. So much that they, the authorities have to tell Netflix and YouTube, guys, slow down your speed. You're about to break the internet. But what if we spend half that time just in prayer? It says, if you humble and seek me, I will answer. And then and, and, and the, the authorities, they can, you know, they just passed $2 trillion relief today. But what happens if this crisis stays a little longer than we think? Another $2 trillion? Another, at a certain point, there's no more trillions to find. We need God to address this crisis. Yes, we have the scientists. Yes, we have some knowledge. But at the end of the day, only God can give us the deliverance. So humble, let's humble ourselves and go before God. The second change is it allows us to invest in other people. Invest in the people that really matter. We were so busy, so busy, but now I'm going to tell you, during those past few weeks where we were home, guess what? My children are home, my wife is home, and I'm home. And we spend more time together than we've ever done before. Actually, this week, we're like, they shut down the clubhouse, everything is shut down. So I was teaching my daughter how to ride a bike. And it was always in my mind to do that kind of stuff, to teach my children, you know, the little things like ride a bike, how to swim, and that sort of thing. And, and I would have done it, I guarantee you I would have done it, but now she's eight, maybe it would have been when she's nine or 19. Trying to push her at 19 years old, dad, I got a college class. But we so procrastinate on the stuff that really matter. We treat strangers better than we treat our own family. Our own, the own people that really matter to us. We treat like, you're not going to cuss at a stranger. But then you cuss at your own mother. You cuss at your own brother. But now with that crisis, you have to ask yourself, what if they were gone tomorrow? And that, that, that brings things back into perspective. The things that really matter, the people that really matter. And as we invest, the best way you invest your time, you invest your care, show kindness to those people, but pray for those people. Investing in other people, the best investment that you can make is to pray. James 5 chapter 6 says, James chapter 5 verse 6 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And in that time, in this time that we live in, you take time, but take time to pray for other people. Take time to pray for your family. Pray for your children. Give them the blessing of God in their life. Give your wife, give your husband the blessing of God in their life. But also pray for the people in the front lines. In our community, we have a lot of nurses. We have a lot of teachers. We have a lot of, we have some doctors. We have some paramedics. We have, and these people, they're on the front line facing the disease face to face. And I was talking to a friend today, and his wife is a, is a nurse, but she can't go to the hospital because she had been sick. So that's what they consider an underlying condition. So she has to work remotely. And he was telling me that's killing her inside. Because the people that do that type of work, they, don't, they do it at their own expense. And they don't really care for themselves as much as they care for other people. And they're ready to give it all to save somebody else's life. And like a soldier going to war, she would want to be in the front line saving people's lives. But she can't because they won't allow her to. But as the type of person that serves in every hospital, in every county hospital clinic, and we have to pray for them. We have to pray for God to protect them so that they can come home to their families. Pray for this situation. You have, I don't care if you voted Democrat or Republican, you have to pray for the government. Because at the end of the day, if they succeed, we succeed. But we spend so much time doing stuff that's not essential. Invest in other people. Intercede, which means pray for somebody else. But don't only humble yourself. Don't only intercede and, and, and invest in other people, but also Act by ministering to other people. People are hurting. It's a hard situation. It's hard. People are losing jobs. Three million people today. And they say that number is low because the system is so overwhelmed. It wasn't made to receive so many applications. So it might be more than three million people that just lost their job. No income. And that money coming from the government, it's not coming now. It's coming in three weeks. It's coming in three months. We don't even know. Well, people need your help. They say that older people are more at risk. So maybe if you have a car, you can give somebody, go get their groceries for them. But minister and serve other people. Philippians 2, verse 3 to 5 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. You know, ministry means servanthood. And God has saved us, if you're saved, to serve. He didn't save us just for our own. And a lot of times, faith is considered like a vending machine for my own needs. And I go to God for my needs and my needs. But so a lot of times, God, if God gives you a blessing, he bless you to bless somebody else. And sometimes you see somebody's blessed. You don't understand why they're blessed. It's because God can trust them with the blessing because they're going to pour the blessing on somebody else. In that time of crisis, who are you blessing with the blessing that God has given you? It's not only about you. 
And I'm encouraged when I see the stories of people going the extra mile to help somebody else in need. You see that even in companies going the extra mile. Beer companies saying, hey, we have alcohol. Nobody's drinking right now. We're going to make hand sanitizer and give it out for free. And you see people saying, you know what? We have remote control car. We're going to, we're, we're going to deliver stuff to people's houses and, and, and people being innovative in helping other people. As a Christian, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the world to have an impact. So minister to somebody else. When you pray God, sometimes you have to understand that you're the answer to that prayer. When you pray God for somebody else, sometimes you're the answer to that prayer. So put action. You are the hands. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. So we don't know how bad, how bad things are going to be. We don't know how long this crisis is going to last. We don't know how deep the hole is going to be dug. But we know that the God that we serve is eternal. We know that the God that we serve is a refuge. So when the blows come our way, we can find refuge in him. And we know, I know the situation is going to get hard and, 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 Every expert tells us it's going to get even worse. Today, America reached a new milestone. It's the number one country in the world for COVID-19 cases. Over China, over Italy, you got more in America. So it's about to get real. It's about to get hard. But in the storm, we know that Jesus is on the boat. In the storm, and, and we all have different sized boats. If your boat is a big cruise ship, You're good because the waves, they don't rock you that much. But some of us, we're in a kayak and we're in a storm and, and then we're blown all over the place. But I want to tell you that the one that we serve is the one that could tell to the storm, be still. Be still and the storm quiets down. So our refuge is in God. So in that time of crisis, my encouragement to you and to myself, brothers and sisters, is to make it about him. Make it about him because it's him that can see us through. Him, humble yourself. Him, invest in other people. And him, minister, serve other people. And God will see us through this crisis. God bless you. As we go through this crisis together, Please remember to make it about Him. Humble yourself, invest in others, and minister to others. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning, and we are in need of your intervention. You see that our foundation are shaken to the core. We've, we're going through something that we've never seen before, but we know that you've seen plenty of this. And we know that you hold the future in your hands. So, Father, this morning we put our trust in you. We humble ourselves and we trust you that you will guide us through it, God. And we praise your name for everything that, that you do. You're faithful and true. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. everyone want to thank you for joining our first online service we're glad that you were able to join us especially with everything that is going on right now yes and we cannot stress this enough we ask that you all please make sure to wash your hands and practice social distancing this is not a joke 
it should be taken very seriously. And do not forget to subscribe to our channel. You'll be receiving more as long as we're not able to come together in person. But we'll be providing more uh, sermons and more worship. So please subscribe to our channel. Thank you and God bless. Okay.